0: hurry, hurry, step right up, win a doll for your lover, ride the death-defying roller coaster known as the Defecator, guaranteed to put poop in your pants, stop by the freak show and see an actual Karen in her natural habitat, waiting in line at Starbucks after the barista got her order wrong, stop to see the gypsy and have your palm red, or whatever color you want, Carnival Horror, on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention
1: planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for
2: Attack of the Killer Podcast! Attack of the Killer Podcast! Attack of the
0: Killer Podcast! Attack of the Killer Podcast! Yay! Welcome to the scariest haunted ride of all times, Attack of the Killer Podcast! I'm your carnival barker, Insane Mike, and this is episode 217, Carnival Horror. We will be discussing horror movies in and around the carnival culture. Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends, we get together, we pick a topic, and we discuss movies within that topic. We speak freely, just just like we are a group of friends who are just sitting around talking about horror movies like a bunch of nerds. And there will be spoilers. Now if you like this show and you want even more, you can become an attacker. An attacker is a superior superior to your normal average human being and you are makes you a part of the Attack of the killer podcast family. And you too can become an attacker. It's easy. I promise. Just go to jointheattackers.com and sign up to be an attacker today. Are different levels of becoming an attacker, and you get all kinds of cool stuff that brings you even more Attack of the Killer podcast into your life. You can get bonus episodes, different video series such as Killer Critiques and Insane Mike's One Movie Top 10 lists, other special Patreon videos, uh, Attack of the Killer podcast membership card, and official certificate. You get shout outs on the show, and so much more. Now, if you go to jointheattackers.com, you can go there and pick the tier that best fits you, and then you reach a whole new level of enlightenment. That site again is jointheattackers.com. And now it is time for you to meet the carnies known as the Podcast Crew. Many people ask him why he's always at the carnival, and you know what? That's a fair question. Andy! <laughs> Barely. Hello, everybody. <laughs> when asked what his favorite ride is at the carnival, he said the merry-go-round. You'd think it'd be the roller coaster, but he said the merry-go-round because it has the most horsepower. Tad. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Step right up. <laughs> he was there when the carnival caught fire. He said it was intense. Jason. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Hey,
3: real quick. I just want to tell everyone that uh, we're doing a contest still all summer long. Uh, We're giving away a bunch of really cool prizes. Just go to contest.aotkp.com. That's contest.aotkp.com. A lot of cool stuff. Thanks for having
0: us. Thanks for listening. Thank you for that information, Jason. Ever wish there was a channel that was all horror all the time? Do I? Well, when you're done watching Fox News... Oh you need to subscribe to shutter shutter is a proud sponsor well kind of proud of attack of the killer podcast if you have not signed up for Shudder and you love all things horror you need to sign up right now hours and hours of amazing streaming content from classic horror films to original series such as creep show and joe bob biggs last drive-in show and so much more So if you go to Shudder now, you can get a month for free thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. So generous. All you have to do is enter our promo code AOTKP. You're welcome. Now, I know you're going to love Shudder as much as we do. We use Shudder a lot for the stuff we watch on this show. Speaking of stuff we watch on this show, here's Tad with What We Watched. What
1: we watched. Welcome back for another week of What We Watched. I'm going to jump right into it. And Andy, what have you watched? Um, excuse me.
4: Um, I actually watched... I didn't watch actually very much... Horror. Um, I watched a uh documentary about a nun who grows pot, which whose name, which name, which name of it completely escapes me, but it's actually really, really good. <laughs> um, I watched uh, Rock and Roll High School, the Roger Corman flick with yes. the, with the I Ramones. Need
3: to watch that again. If PJ uh, soul- yeah
4: yes exactly and it's a credit to her acting ability because she actually said that joey ramon was just so really good looking and we all know that's i mean i love his music but (laughs) joey ramon was 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 not his his attributes was not his looks let's just say that
0: um you uh was that your first time ever watching it yes it was actually oh nice okay yes and i had just recently what sorry
4: Oh, it, was, it was, and it was also, it was really good to see uh, Dick Miller in there, but I was hoping he played a police chief, but I was also hoping that he was going to be a uh, police chief, uh, Walter Paisley, but it did not say that in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. But you
0: do get uh, Paul Bartel is also in there. And mm-hmm. Clint Howard. There's yep. a ton, ton of Corman alum that is in that movie. Mar- Mary Warnoff.
4: Yes. Wait, no, wait. Is oh, Mary, right. Mary in that yes, one? Okay. Yes, she plays the, right. uh, and she's also in the sequel too. That's where I was getting confused. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, she
0: plays the main bad guy in the sequel. Yeah, I've been dying to watch it again. Man, I had just recently got the soundtrack on LP not too long ago. Oh, awesome! So it's interesting that you just recently watched that because I just recently listened to the LP because I was so excited to get that rendition of JP Soul singing um, Rock and Roll High School because that's actually a track on on side B. And yeah, unless you're watching the movie, the song doesn't hold up. <laughs> She's not a very good singer.
4: Mm, Yeah. Well. Um, I also watched another musically, uh, um, oriented, um, film called the L- Barry Gordy's, the last dragon. You guys remember that one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Classic. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen it in a while, and yeah, that's something that you just want to stash away for like maybe like five or six years, and then just watch watch it again, and yeah, show, show enough the show Shogun, enough I've
0: been trying to, yeah
4: the Shogun of Harlem yeah uh awesome our
0: worlds are kind of paralleling here lately, Andy, because that movie. Um, uh brandy and i went dvd shopping at dollar tree if you guys have not been near dollar trees lately i will not go you need to you need to go because they have all of them right now they must have gotten like a huge stockpile of dvds and blu-rays because there's each each one has these big bins full and then you know you go to one after the other it's a lot of the same titles but there's some really good titles in there I, um i ended up getting like all Cheer- cheerleaders must die uh the signal got that um i bought like 13 dvds (laughs) and and blu-rays and uh she got
4: a bunch too and she got the last dragon nice show no um i've also watched the first two episodes of high fidelity on hulu and it's the it's the female take on it um zoe kravitz zoe kravitz plays uh the character uh, John Cusack played in the movie. And she actually, one of her ex-boyfriends actually works at the record store, still called uh, Championship Vinyl. And he came out as gay when they were in the relationship. So that's one of her top five breakups. Um, (laughs) And the character of uh, uh, Jack Black's character, Barry, is now a sort of a heavier set uh black gal named Charisse, so I mean, it's such an interesting dynamic, but they're also kind of following the original uh storyline a- as well. They're hitting all like the really good good parts that you know would make you laugh in the original movie, and this is like only like the first two episodes, and um yeah, it's 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 appealing to me because it's like you there's we're, we're all sort of um, music snobs and movie snobs and or uh, co- comic book snobs and we ha- all have like these really stupid in-depth conversations that no one in their right mind would really even give a shit about <laughs> but we're so <laughs> passionate about you know what we like and and how connected we are to it. And that's, that's what, that's what really draw draws me in. And plus it's just, I I really like the movie and I'm really enjoying the different spin that they're putting on with, with this series. And apart from that, that's what I watched. I
0: I really like the series too. I've gotten through the whole thing. So there's a few episodes. There's a few episodes that I don't know if it's maybe more from the book, but there's a few episodes that they, of stuff that they don't do at all in the movie. Cause the movie is so, you know, and I love the movie. So I was a little nervous going into the show. Um, but the movie is so centric on John Cusack, but there's a couple episodes that are, that are completely focused on, um, on the two other characters that oh, cool. they, they, they actually get their own arcs in a couple of episodes. And, it, and those oh, episodes the- were great. Oh, they should. Yeah. I think that's that's good. Mm-hmm. I look forward yeah, to Yeah, absolutely.
1: Unfortunately, uh, got canceled. Really,
0: yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, you know. yeah, but they. Uh, I mean, God, shitting my sh- Cheerios right way down. Damn, but they do. They <laughs> do get through. I think the whole arc of the of the. If I remember right, it's been a while since I've watched it. But I think they get through the whole arc of the original movie in the series. So it's not like it's not it, that it doesn't have an ending to it. Mm. So the the only things I don't like is there are a couple moments where it's almost beat for beat line for line of scenes in the movie. And that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't translate as well um, with, with these other characters, but uh, or these other versions of these characters, I guess sh- I should say, but, but yeah, I, I really liked the series too.
1: Excellent. So I'm very excited about my list. So I'm going to cut right in line in front of these other two and just give myself, Hey, Tad, what did you watch? Um, (laughs) (laughs) My first one, I will go ahead and it will also be a shameless plug. I watched the guest for an upcoming episode of my podcast. First time on the PFPN. Um, I love that movie and got a friend who hadn't seen it to watch it. And we (laughs) discussed it and uh, that will probably come out in a month or so. Um, I watched a new movie on Shudder, our sponsor Shudder, uh, Random Acts of Violence, directed by Jay Barashaw, who oh, you might oh, nice. yeah, yeah, know I f- watch that. from a lot of great things. He's for the front part of the um, Apatowverse, but this one's really cool. It's about a comic book artist who is um, doing a comic book based on sort of a real life slasher serial killer and he is making a road trip with his assistant, his manager and his fiance. They're going to a comic convention to do a sign and to do like an appearance and they stop at a few comic shops on the way for signings and stop at a few places to record podcasts and stuff. And on their trip along the way, um, someone starts recreating all the kills that he put into his comic book. And there's sort of this killers follow following him and doing these killings. And so it's sort of interesting uh, because it's like the dynamic of um, is he causing these? Is this um, morally right for him to be doing this comic book? So people sort of lash out on him because they're blaming him for these deaths. And um, that's not even really a spoiler of the movie because, you know, uh, shit gets really wild, you know, in the second and third act. So um, I enjoyed it. It's not a high budget feature, but it's pretty fun. And I think everybody who listens to this podcast and some of the stuff we watch, you definitely enjoy it. Um, it's a lot of fun. I had not heard of it until it hit Shutter. And Jay Baruchel, I think he's a he's a fun actor. And um, mm-hmm. this is, I think, maybe a second or third movie he's directed. I think he did the Goon sequel with. Uh, oh, really. Yeah, he did Goon 2, and and I, he might have directed a few episodes of his TV show uh, Man Seeking Woman on FX, which is really good and underrated. But um, Yeah, he's he's a good director. I really enjoyed it. I watched a uh, m- newer IFC midnight movie on Netflix called Our House as part of a watch party with a sister podcast at the Beauty and the Screams on the PFPN. You can check them out on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. They did a watch party over the not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And they had never seen this. It was a random pick. And it's about this kid who's trying to invent, um, wireless, uh, power, like electricity so that you can like charge your phone and do certain things without having to be plugged in. And there's a sort of tragic understory where his parents die in a car accident. And that's not a spoiler. That's like happens right at the beginning. And basically like, how it affects his family. He moves back in with his, his siblings to take care of them. And he's still working on this. And this invention, um, turns out to not be exactly what he had planned. It works, but not in the way he wanted. And it turns out it's like a way to contact the dead and maybe not the dead. you want to contact? So, um, had a lot of really creepy moments, really cool cinematography, pretty good performances. um, I wouldn't rush to watch it, but it's something to check out if you're, you know, scrolling through Netflix and not sure what to watch. I would recommend checking this one out. It's sort of a slow burn, but it has some really creepy moments in it. So check out Our House on Netflix. Um, I checked out or rewatched, I guess I should say, building up to it. I rewatched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey.
3: Bogus.
1: So I could get to the new Bill and Ted face the music on Friday. Um, mm. And I fucking loved it. Uh, probably my favorite movie of the year so far. I laughed. Ooh. I cried. I literally cried. Um, it was, oh. it's just a perfect 2020 movie. Uh, it hit every emotion. It was hilarious. It captured the positivity of Bill and Ted. We just don't have positive movies anymore. And it wasn't mm. done in a corny way. It wasn't. It, it didn't feel forced like a lot of the, these um, sequels to old movies, you know, coming back and bringing these old characters back. Uh, they got the same writers back to do this one. Got as much of the original cast is still around. They pay tribute to the yeah. ones that aren't. Um, yeah, it is so touching, and it's a great coming of age story. It's a great um, story about pa- parents, about parenting, about life, about relationships, about um, the world, and how we need to just come together and love one another. And it's, it's really touching and be perfect, excellent. One another. Uh, yeah, it be excellent to, to each other and party on dudes. Um, it is <laughs> seriously, man, like I, I watched it. And like I said, towards the end, I it brought a few tears and then I'm like feeling all the feels and I, you know, the movie credits end and there is an after credit scene. So make sure to watch all mm-hmm. the way through. And then, um, I get on Facebook and I see that we've lost Chadwick Boseman. And it was like a punch right in the fucking face after such a positive movie to see he passed away from cancer and we didn't even know he was sick. So what an emotional night. But um, yes, if you are a Bill and Ted fan, Face the Music, uh, such a great, I mean, worth the wait of 30 years for... Part three uh, as perfect feather in the cap, the perfect end to the series. Um, You can hit some theaters up and see it. There's a lot of drive-ins and, um, or you can rent it on, rent it or buy it. I bought the 4k version on Amazon for 25 bucks. So I own it. I can watch it over and over. And I plan on watching it at least one more time this week. Um, Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Great, great movie. Loved it. It lived up to all of my expectations. I, I have to ask, does it show uh
4: station and his totally awesome Martian butt?
1: I cannot s- spoil anything. <laughs> yeah. Um Another spoilers, yeah. no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. But um, oh, all right. Yeah. Uh it's it's definitely so cool um how they pay tribute to the, the ones we've lost and the people that couldn't make it to this new movie in the past, but not without pandering. Um just, they, uh, they just hit that balance. It's so hard to bring back characters from 30 years ago and not feel like you're just doing it for a cash grab or something. And it's too bad this hit during a pandemic, but it also is great that it hit a time where we're all so divided and so angry and the world's a cold, mean, angry, sad place right now. It just, it, we needed this right now. So um, thanks to Orion pictures for making this and making it happen and getting it out there for us. Cause we need it right now.
0: Oh man, I'm so excited. I love Bill and Ted. I love them so much Love that I was actually debating on paying for a download. I never pay for downloads. It would have uh, been his first one. It, I just <laughs> opposed to, I'm a physical content guy, you know, like it just, I still can't seem, I, and, and I feel like I'm my dad, you know, cause my dad, when I was younger, my dad never understood I would spend money to go to the movies when six months from now, I'll just be on TV anyway. But, yeah. You know, yeah. So I'm kind of the same way. I don't see ways of money on, on something you can't even have physically. So
1: Well, that, what is nice is like, you know, they're doing all these because of the pandemic They're doing these rent at rent, the theater movies at home. They did it with the hunt and um, a few other, you know, they've done it with trolls too. They're, they're doing it with Mulan but the thing is, with like those movies, you paid uh, twenty to thirty dollars. You got to see; you, you could watch it as many times as you wanted in those forty-eight hours. With Bill and Ted, they made it so you can pay twenty bucks to rent it or twenty-five, and you own it forever. And it comes with special features too. Oh, nice! So you get to watch the special features right away. Um, I, I too will probably still buy a physical copy to put it on my shelf with the other two, um, but. It, it was nice that they made this available for somebody like me who's still not comfortable going to theaters. I'm split because obviously I want theaters to survive. I want people to go out and support them when it's safe. I don't feel like it's safe right now. So if you're going to put it out, you know, they took a big hit. A lot of, none of our, my local theaters are showing it because they decided to stream it. Um, and I understand that too, but Making it available at home, I am going to support that and pay for it because if me and Nikki went to the theater to see it, it's ten dollars each for the tickets. I spent twenty bucks already, and I can eat my own snacks. I can. I don't have to. You know, I don't have to wear pants. I can do whatever I want. It's sort of nice.
0: You wear pants to the movies?
1: To the theater, I wear pants. If I'm watching no one, a movie at home, no. Sure. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants right now. Well, oh. the, yeah, I mean, we no one can see us. That's. I think you guys are missing a point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, another movie I watched it is on Amazon Prime. This was a festival, sort of a festival hit over the last year. I think it was actually filmed over or came out over a year ago and hit several fe- big festivals. Um, and finally came out on Amazon. I've been waiting for this because it was originally called Boys in the Wood, and they renamed it. Amazon picked it up, renamed it, and dropped it on Prime. It's called Get Duked. And it is a British movie, um, an action comedy horror survival movie where uh, this group of kids get dropped off in the wilderness, sort of like a boy scout venture and they're left out in the woods or out in the middle of nowhere. And they're supposed to basically get from point a to point B without dying. And they're they have like one park sort of um, I don't even know what you'd call him. This guy that drops him off and he's supposed to meet up with them at their destination point but this it's a group of four kids three of them are really close friends but they um are very much city kids they all think they're rappers and they all are wearing like designer clothes and they're all really um not not ready for this survivalism at all they're basically like i don't even know how to explain it they're just three suburban or three city kids who are not at all ready for this and they get thrown in the middle of of nowhere and told, you know, go here. And then pretty close to the beginning, it, it turns out the Duke is, um, Eddie Izzard is hunting them. And it turns into a funny, it's very funny, but it also has horrific moments. Um, and he basically chases them throughout the movie and, and he's trying to kill them and they're trying to survive. And it sort of reminded me of, in a way, um, Tucker and Dale versus evil because, They, these kids who'd have no, no survivalism, no survival, um, tactics, they end up sort of fighting Eddie Izzard with their own stupidity. Like they keep falling on accident, accidentally hurting him and accidentally, um, getting out of situations they shouldn't have. And it's absolutely hilarious, um, I'm surprised that Amazon picked it up, but it's very funny. It's on prime. It's called get duped. Uh, I highly recommend it out of, uh, most of these, I would say it's pretty high up there for new things. I watched, obviously not bill and Ted. as my top, um, pick, but I saw the other night I watched con air at the drive-in. That was a blast. Perfect drive-in movie. um, watched clueless again yesterday for an upcoming podcast and i watched the new shutter exclusive the shed did anybody mm-hmm. else watch this how was it it was okay um it they felt like
3: it pretty hard yeah
1: yeah it felt like it could have been a short but they stretched it into a feature it has some good performances it's a cool idea basically this kid lives with his grandpa after his parents Uh, have died he gets put in you know um his his grandpa's now his legal guardian his grandpa clearly didn't want him so he's sort of living this miserable life where he's bullied at school and he's a loser no friends has a mean grandpa that he lives with um finds out that there's a vampire in the shed behind his house so what do you do with this vampire do you use it to exact revenge on your bullies do you use it to exact revenge on your grandpa do you use it to um you know I I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but um it's it's a weird concept because this vampire lives in this little shed behind his house the whole movie and he he uh is living with this and also living with everyday struggles of a teenager in high school. And it's it's interesting, like I said it was a little slow for me in the the second act. It started off really strong and then it kicks back down a couple notches, and slowly you get to learn about this kid and his friends and stuff. And then, then in the third act, it just kicks straight into you know high gear, and it gets really great. Um, so it's worth a watch for sure. I think it's only like an hour and a half, and it's it's a lot of fun, but it's also pretty dark and pretty moody, and gets some bloodshed towards the end. So uh, I recommend it too. That's all I watched. Uh, Jason, what have you watched?
3: Oh, I got a couple things on the list here. Uh, I, um, HBO put out uh, Richard Jewell the other day, and I was excited to watch that, and it was fantastic. Is that the
1: uh, Clint Eastwood?
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. It was. He uh, produced and...
1: Did he direct that? He directed it, right? And directed it, yep.
3: Mm-hmm. I was just checking if he wrote it, but I don't see that right away.
1: But, uh, oh, man, it was
3: so good. I learned a lot because I only knew, like, lead lines of headline you know and i don't really know what really happened so it was was good um then uh just the other uh, the other day yesterday or something like that we just woke up and she just clicked it on a movie channel and friday 13th part seven was on i'm like yeah new blood anytime new blood and then right after that came part eight jason takes manhattan right after that so well you gotta leave it going you know and So I'll watch those two. And then I guess um, my big closer too was I, I watched a bogus journey uh, to get ready, but I too watched face the music. Um, And it was everything Tad said. It was amazing. I laughed. I cried. It was wonderful. Go watch it.
0: I really want to do so bad
3: tonight after the show We'll stay up late and watch it again right now. Maybe. But anyway, that's, that's what I watched.
1: I forgot. I also have started, uh, Cobra Kai, which was originally a, U- a YouTube series and now it's on, uh, Netflix. It's strangely addicting because I would not yep. say it's a good show at all, but it is like saved by the bell meets, um, <laughs> uh, it, I don't know even know how to explain it. It's like saved by the bell meets, um, like a Disney channel original movie, with some old actors that I like. So something about it appeals to me, but it's like the episodes go by so fast that you can just binge them. And you, before you know it, you've watched fucking four hours of garbage and it's like, ugh, what am I doing <laughs> next episode? Yeah. And then I've, I've finished the first season of umbrella Academy finally, and I'm into the second season now. So, all right. Yeah. So we're so, about halfway still. But yeah. Of the first or second second. second. Okay, Cool. I right. guess I did. I've we seen did a little bit of it. that. I couldn't get into it.
3: I get
4: it. But
3: it, yeah,
1: it's pretty, feels pretty, uh, at times, um, like I'm just binging that too, but, um, I'm trying to slow down so I don't waste it all. But Mike, what have you watched?
0: Well, um, starting with series is, um, Brandy's got me watching, uh, who's, a new show she's really loving. That's pretty cool, pretty funny. Uh, teenage Bounty Hunters. It's on Netflix. I think I got the name right. Um, yeah, these two, these two teenage high school girls somehow get wrapped up in the world of, of um, bounty hunting, and is working for this guy who's a bounty hunter, and um, his his incognito disguise or whatever. He runs this ice cream shop which is played by the the guy the guy the the guy who runs the ice cream shop that's this bounty hunter mentor of the two girls is played by Dwayne Wayne from a different world and you will not recognize him at all <laughs> I still don't see it <laughs> um and then she also got me finally got me um hooked on stand against uh stand against evil um It's one I tried watching years ago and just, you know, I mean, it was funny and it's good. And I love John C. Riley and I love Dana Gould, but, uh, just never, you know, I watched one episode and just wasn't hooked and then just kind of put it away forever thinking I'll come back to it. But, but now I'm, I'm in, got about, got into like about the first six episodes of that. So that's awesome. Uh my son Simon and I we watched uh, just last night Batman uh, versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Whoa. That, that really exists.
1: Good. Whoa.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a, a really it's been a really popular one too of of as far as like the DC animated films. Uh and it's it's really good. It captures everything you want from Batman and everything you want from the Ninja Turtles and having those two worlds collide wow is amazing. It's really good. Really good. And it, it I little disappointed in some of the animation style choices. Like the action scenes are, are great and everything, but again, you're going, it's going with like more of the um, current Nickelodeon uh, Ninja mm-hmm. Turtle designs, which is kind of cool because you have a lot more physical differences in the turtles that match their personality. So like, you know, Donatello is, is a little bit more, is a little bit more buff and hunched over and brooding looking and you know he's got you know he's got like a uh, um a more squared jaw where like um which one's the which one's the smart one that does experiments
4: I thought that was Donatello
0: Yeah Raphael Raphael's, Raphael's, one, Raphael's yeah. the mean brooding one yes. yeah yeah Raphael bit of a prick yeah, I'm sorry. And then Donatello, he's like a lot more slender because he's he's more of the techie geek guy, you know. So that that's kind of cool, but at, yeah, at the same time like it's really like cartoony um cartoony designs too. So but no, it's it's cool. It's it's great. And then as far as horror goes, uh the only thing I really watched movie-wise is I watched The Car Road to Revenge on Netflix. Cuz I wanted Was to check- sequel? Well, here's the thing
3: <laughs> or re- what is because, it? What is it?
0: Because they, because I noticed they have the original car yeah. on Netflix as well. The 1977 film, which I love that movie. And this is, I don't know what you would call it. Is it a sequel? Is it a remake? Is it a reimagine? I don't know. Um, it's obviously supposed to be the same universe. That's for sure. I mean, oh, they're both, okay. and I am not going to tell you the name of the cars. You no, know, cause I don't know. They're cars, that's all I know. But they're both <laughs> black cars with like if Andy black saw windows. it, he'd be like, oh, yeah. that's a sixty-nine, whatever. And they straight up straight up make a reference to the classic car from the seventy-seven version in the third act of the movie, where they use that car to rebuild our new car. But they but the thing is like I think the first movie the first movie's really action-y and everything too, but I still think it has a lot of Horror moments in it, like some some creepy moments, some some scary moments in it. And part of what makes that movie work, in my opinion, is the fact that with the original car is that we have no idea what is going on with this car, why why it's just driving around killing people, um, even if there is anybody even in the car. And with this movie, there is a full backstory with this car. It is basically a car that's possessed by a guy who gets tossed out the window and. And it gets killed when he lands on the roof of his car. So it's his car that's now possessed by the dead guy. But it's also, it takes place in the future. Um, So it's like a more high tech car. So it's like, is it really possessed by the ghost or is it an AI AI thing? You know? And so I feel like this leans way more on the action side of things. Because again, it's, it's a revenge story. So the car itself is going after already bad people. Um, and it's also hunting down the two protagonists throughout the movie because the guy that was killed was kind of a jerk and really, um, possessive of his girlfriend. And so the car is hunting her down throughout the movie and the cop that's trying to protect her. Um, you know, so, but there's, there's some really cool, fun, um, outrageous car stunts in this movie um and then some really cool gore there's like one one of the, probably one of the best shots is you know these all the bad guys have their cars blocking the road and i'm like oh what's the car gonna do is it just gonna pile into them it comes speeding towards them at top speed um turn turns sideways at the last second, hits the brakes and does a full car flip over all the other cars. While it's doing that, there's like two guys with guns sitting on top of the bad guy cars and the car lops off the heads of the two guys yes. sitting on top of the car. So, and then it perfectly lands on its wheels and drives off. So, yes, it's very outrageous, but uh I th- I thought it was worth a watch. I was really kind of hoping more connection to the original film or um Um, A bit more on the horror side of things, but still a fun, fun movie. But that's what I watched. And also with that said, um, thanks, Tad, for what we watched. Jason, why don't you take it away with Pole Position?
4: From now on, like your parents were,
5: you are the secret force of Pole Position.
3: Okay, on this episode's Pole Position, we asked, what? is the best ride at an amusement park. And so everyone listening, if you don't already follow us on Twitter, it's at AOTKP. Get over there, hit the follow button, hit the bell, whatever you gotta do. But um every episode the day after we'll post this poll that you're we're about to discuss right now and you go vote and tell us which one got it right. So Mike, you are up first. What is your what do you
0: think is the best ride at an amusement park? Well um, if you listen to our bonus episode, you will learn I'm not a big ridesman. Yep, <laughs> ridesman. And so, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I uh, if unless it's a fun house or haunted ha- haunted house attraction ride, um, and I opted to leave those off. So if I'm just going with the standard rides when I was a kid, and I could physically handle it, I used to love the tilt a whirl. So I'm going with the classic. Tilt-a-whirl.
3: That explains a lot. You've been shaken up quite a bit.
0: Explains the rambling in my head. It might. Okay, so I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna
3: go straight from the heart. Um, again, referenced in our bonus episode. Um, I got to go to uh, Disney World. Um, not you know when I was younger, and it was the single greatest place on earth. It's real. I love it. And again, I know it's a horror podcast, but Disney World is amazing. And in this uh Epcot Center, I believe, has this ride called Soren. And off you know, on paper, it's probably boring, and as you just kind of go sit in a chair. But I I mean, it was such a game changer to me. It was unbelievable. You feel like you're flying. And I, you know, you as a person, maybe you're like, oh, I always wondered what it'd feel like to fly. Maybe you didn't, but I always wondered, I, you know, I was always entertained with things like skydiving or hang gliding or something, you know, or you wish you could fly or jetpacks, you know, but like this ride, as simple as it is, um, it is amazing how it makes you, I mean, my mind was blown instantly.
1: Um, it's so, yeah, so it's a ride called Soarin', um, Tad, what about you? You sure you're ready for me to do another half-hour rant on theme oh, parks? Yeah.
3: No, it's it's mm. fine.
1: Um, well, I was really conflicted with this one, even though I was pretty quick to answer, because there's a lot of operational rides right now I absolutely love. Um, E.T., uh, the, E.T., the ride at Universal Studios, is the only original ride from its 1990 opening of uh, Universal Studios, and it's m- probably my favorite that's operating at the park right now. It is very outdated, but it has so much charm because it uses a hundred percent animatronics that were awesome. made in the nineties. So it, and, um, the, the things they had to do to make it, um, make it, uh, immersive back then are are laughable now, but it just has that old charm. Like when you fly over the city, it's just miniatures that are lit up with little lights to make you feel like you're flying over a city when it's actually not that far away, but they just use miniatures. But anyways, um, Lot, the Harry Potter rides are fantastic. Everything, you know, like there's uh, the Pandora rides at at Disney, um, Animal Kingdom. Uh, there,
3: I see what you're doing. You're influencing the crowd, putting all these wonderful rides in their mind. You're not actually saying your pick. <laughs> but my, yeah,
1: let's go to the chase. <laughs> but my pick is a ride that's no longer operational in the United States. Um, it is Jaws the Ride. I believe you can still go on Jaws the Ride in Japan. Yeah, and Universal Studios Japan, actually didn't open until 2001, but it opened in 1990 uh, with the opening of Universal Studios in Orlando. You might have seen it in, I think, is it um, Mallrats that he proposes to his girlfriend yep. or he marries oh, his yeah. girlfriend at Jaws the Ride? Yeah, uh, that's right. I forgot about that at the yeah. end yeah but this ride is infamous it has several books written about it It has several podcasts just on this ride um it has a very storied history because they opened it in 90 and people had to be evacuated off of it daily because of how intricate it was and the the company that built it had a lot of issues they got sued by universal studios because apparently they didn't make the animatronics completely waterproof so they had uh Issues not only with the ride shutting down, but people getting electrocuted. And um, then when they finally refurbished it and got it working again after three years of hiring another company and lawsuits and everything, um, still had a lot of issues because it ran, it had a lot of high end explosives and big pyrotechnics, and um, fuel was really expensive, especially after a few hurricanes like Hurricane Andrew. And so They shut it down for quite a while because of the cost of running it. And then in 2012, they shut it down and completely ripped it out of the park to replace it with Harry Potter and the escape from Gringotts ride and the Diagon Alley, which was some, a big, probably the biggest controversy in the park's history because people just love that ride. And, um, they, Still celebrate it. They still have a giant Bruce hanging up right by that area. You can go from the original ride and they have a lot of Easter eggs throughout the Harry Potter um, Diagon Alley that are, they have a lot of uh, shark, little shark jaws like skeleton, you know, the bones of jaws scattered throughout the park and just little Easter eggs to remind you that of the park's history. But um, yeah, I'm picking a ride I never got to go on, but if you go on YouTube, you can virtually ride it anytime you want. So I'm going to say Jaws the ride. (laughs)
3: he wasn't kidding with the half hour rant
1: I tried to do it quickly that was like three minutes that
3: was good it was good
1: uh Andy Haunted Mansion that's my
3: pick oh good what a fun place (laughs) right the producers are like come on guys we gotta get through this segment thanks Andy for being
0: a team player Andy started playing
3: (laughs) (laughs) right, that's so yeah get over to at AOTKP on Twitter and vote
0: Thank you. It's time for Insane's Games. That's right. It's Insane's Games. Everybody on this show loves Insane's Games, especially this game. We haven't played it since I think maybe the first Insane's game. That's right. We're doing keywords today. Hot dang. So how this works is (laughs) uh, from IMDB, I jot down the first six keywords. And you have, um, well, you know, I'll give you the first keyword, give everybody a chance to guess. Uh, and if you guess right on the first one, then you're gonna get six points. And every time I have to do another keyword before it's guessed, we lose a point. Okay, so our first one. The first keyword is bully. Tad, do you have a guess?
5: Bully. Oh fuck.
1: Um uh how long do I have? Um bully horror um i don't have a guess right now
0: next
2: all right andy bully horror
4: um yeah I'm, i'm lost skip me okay jason
0: night of the scarecrow that's a great guess, but Thanks. that is not the right guess. Okay. So, keyword number two anthropophagus.
4: Andy? So, bully and anthropophagus is my. Mm-hmm. Yep, those are the two. No, <laughs> skip, skip me. I don't fucking know. <laughs>
1: okay, Ted. That not only does not help me, that makes it worse because I don't know what that means. So next (laughs) Okay, Jason Is it the movie Anthropophagus? (laughs) Nope. Damn it. I was kinda kinda
3: hoping it would
2: be. Uh,
0: Okay, so our next keyword is zombie violence. So to run it down again, we have bully, anthropophagus, and zombie violence. Jason, quit looking it up. Oh, Christ. Um twenty-eight days later. Good guess, but that is incorrect. Andy.
4: Uh Dead alive, because the guy's always getting bullied by his mom.
0: Uh, that's another great guess, but that is incorrect. Ted.
1: Return of the living dead.
0: I'll say this, you're getting warmer. Okay, so the next key word is bully comeuppance.
1: Can so you use b- an- anthropolyogenics in a <laughs> sentence, please? <laughs> yeah, this
0: movie contains...
1: Oh, f- fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the words are bully, anthropophagus, zombie violence, and now bully comeuppance. pad.
1: Um <laughs> Return of the Living Dead 2. <laughs> oh, Andy.
4: Um Return of the Living Dead 3.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll I'll say this you guys are getting colder now. Okay, uh Jason.
3: Anthropophagus means feeding on human flesh. Uh, my guess is going to be Day of the Dead.
0: You are correct. Hot day. Good. It yeah. is. Oh, Jordan yeah. Day of the Dead. Let's see. We got to... That's when the bullies four. started getting to me. So you got roads. three points on that one. Roads. Where are
3: we going? Yep. There's nothing left of roads.
0: We probably... You guys probably <laughs> would have got it on the next two. Number five was scientist and number six was military. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, next one. We'll do one more and call it, call it good because these are lengthy. So, so starting with our first keyword is Bounty Hunter. We'll let the winner go first.
3: I
2: choose um, Zombieland. No. Andy.
0: Split second. No, great guess. Wasn't nice. that just come out on Blu-ray not too long ago?
1: Anyway, Ted. Oh, uh, bounty hunter. Um, I have no idea. Skip. Okay.
0: Next keyword is halof. So we have is what halof? Haloft. Okay. Yeah. Pronounce my has That's Got two it. words.
2: Oh. Um, anyway, go on.
0: Anyway. Uh so Bounty Hunter and Hayloft. Uh Andy. Oh <laughs> shit. Oh, <laughs> oh
4: uh, I still I love okay. people. Who, um I wanna say uh, uh the the Steve Williams in fucking uh uh Frey fr- uh, uh 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 Jason goes to hell because he's a bounty hunter in that.
0: Ooh, good guess. Good guess.
4: That is
1: not correct. Tad. Um, the only thing I can think of is Friday the 13th part 3 because there's hay bales. Yeah, up. I
0: was thinking of that. Yeah. That's a good one, but not good enough. Jason.
3: Oh my goodness. Uh Uh it's the one with the
0: uh Oh. Um, the burning. No, that's a good guess. I like that one. Thanks. Moving on to the next one. So we have bounty hunter, hayloft, and the new word now is farmhouse. Ted?
1: Oh, God. I have no idea. Just skip me. I'm, I'm, is there a speed this? Some, I'm going to speed this up. What decade skip.
0: is the movie in? Do you want the year? Oh, I sh- know I do. Year, the but just the- well, it's an, it's from the eighties. Okay. Uh. Okay, Jason.
2: Uh. Oh man. Um. Night of the Scarecrow. <laughs> no. Okay.
0: Okay. So wait, Andy. Andy. He's got it. Okay,
4: we've got hayloft. Farmhouse. Um, oh, I know what this. it's critters.
2: Oh, shit. It I knew as soon critters. as you said it.
0: As soon as you went through <laughs> the damn words, I'm like, oh, awesome! And you, so you got four points on that one, and that makes you the winner. Ah, no, first time
2: I right won
4: there. this damn thing. Uh, congrats! Congratulations! You know. Congrats! Uh, Trophies
0: th- in the mail. The rest of the keywords on that number four was eaten alive. Number five, male humanoid alien. Number okay. six, extraterrestrial creature. So fun, fun, fun. Oh, man. Thanks for playing our game. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Anyway. Wasn't there,
1: wasn't there a Critters movie called Bounty Hunter? Like one of the newer <laughs> sequels? Was it? I thought there was like a, it was like Critters, Bounty Hunter.
0: It was part 17. Maybe. I don't remember the name of the last two that they put out. Well, I thought one of them was Main Course. Does that sound right? Or maybe that was like that. I think was like Critters two, the main course. Yeah.
3: Or are you getting maybe. confused with Tremors? I'm not sure.
1: Or uh, Ghoulies or yeah, right. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now
0: it's time to talk about our films, and I feel like with all of this Disney talk, I I really wish I had it on my my big list, but I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. I wish I would have gone with. Um, escape from tomorrow i've really been wanting to see that that's the one where i suggested
4: that actually
0: yeah oh was oh did you oh i -hmm. couldn't find it streaming anywhere it's getting kind of hard to find um probably for good reason uh but that's the one where the the guy makes the makes the movie gorilla style right there on was it at, at disney world or land or whatever uh but we didn't pick that movie andy what is our first movie our first pick
4: is a Hammer horror film from 1972 called Vampire Circus.
2: For all who are willing to pay the price, we invite you to go through the mirror of life. Dora! <laughs>
5: Fifteen years ago, we thought we'd kill the demon, but he's been waiting to kill us.
2: Fifteen
0: years, cousin Metahos. But now we are here to free you, to give you life. But must they all die? All! (laughs) All!
5: vampires. I was wrong. I've seen proof, terrifying proof. People have been killed in villages, killed by vampires.
2: of you will live, your children will die to give me back. <laughs> Your child is missing. Your child is missing.
4: (laughs) Okay. That was the trailer for Vampire Circus. Uh, A little crazy and all over the place. Um, This uh, I've always been sort of drawn to this movie because... uh, Mainly due to the poster. I always have seen that image of this big vampire mouth open. And I believe, I think, for the the first time that I ever was exposed to the image of the poster and I think I can probably speak for most of us, was it was uh, up on the clubhouse in the Monster Squad. Is that, where, is that where you guys first saw it? Oh, yeah. I I, I would assume, yeah,
0: because now you mention it. I remember that.
4: Yeah, I mean, they're giving Rudy the uh, the monster test, and you can just... I, I, I clearly remember seeing it in the background, and it was almost like... It was weird because it was almost like a focal point because you just see this big vampire... Mouth open and whatnot. Um, as for a synopsis, here I'm going to read the one from Shutter because I am lazy. So uh, here we go. A circus arrives at a Serbian village where it will perform a show for the local inhabitants. Many of them believe that the plague that has gripped their village is the result of a curse inflicted on them years before by Count mitterhaus a vampire. Unbeknown to them, the leader of the circus is Count's cousin. Uh, whose name is email intent on reviving his relative and having his revenge. Um this um movie had sort of even I guess because it's old um uh it always had like that creepy uh AIP sort of uh kind of like uh Elvira's movie macabre you know vibe mm-hmm. to it you're kind of like oddly drawn to it like at like late at night and um maybe maybe you're eating a lot of snacks or maybe you're you're kind of still half drunk but then you just start to get invested into it um yeah this this was not what i expected i was actually very pleasantly surprised by this um uh, cuz i was kind of thinking okay really cool poster that i always liked as a kid is the movie going to suck you know, um, but I actually, I actually, uh, and I'm not speaking for anybody else. I actually kind of like this. It was, ac- it's actually really kind of hilarious at moments. Like when they first, um, kill, uh, Mitterhouse in the beginning, uh, when the mayor literally tries to stake him in the dick, I thought it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he literally went for his nuts. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, when they find uh, uh, Jenny and the, uh, which is the little girl I- at the beginning, and she's been bitten by by Mitterhouse, and they saw it, they say, "Oh, he's, she's been killed by a vampire." And they all do like the little, you know, cross over their chest, like really quick. I was just like, "Is that looks like it could have been a bit on like Saturday Night Live, hilarious." Um, and after 15 years, this this plague, of course, comes into the town, which. When I saw the plague, what they were talking about, it looked like somebody just smeared Oreo uh, ice cream cake on the guy's face, and this okay, okay, that's 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 the plague. Um, oh, I Oreo ice cream cake. Thanks. That's right. Um, in this town of Stettle, which is interesting name for the town. Um, yeah, really, really different uh, circus acts. I gotta say. Uh, You have a Carnival Strongman, which also has uh, a great pedigree of saying nothing in other movies because he's the guy that was in the suit of Darth Vader in all three movies, by the way, David Prowse. Um, That Faber, the Faber and Serena scene where a Lion Tabor was the most unexpected shit I've probably ever seen in a movie with this weird. Painted up tiger woman that's naked doing like a really weird erotic interpretive dance for, you know, a town of really small, probably very Christian people, but, uh, uh, all right. I'm not, not complaining. Um, lots of, lots of, uh, you know, shape-shifting in this movie between, between animals, uh, they did the best they could considering it was 1972, uh, considering effects. So I'm going to be very lenient on that. Um, they all want to kill the people. Of course they want to exact revenge. Uh, you know, they all want to kill, uh, they all want to kill their kids, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a typical, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a typical, you know, the monster wants revenge sort of thing. Um, but I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, some of the kills, uh, are, are pretty cool. I don't really, I mean, like, I don't care how pissed off you are, but who shoots a chimp that that, like literally did nothing. Right. I mean, he never, never did any shape shifting, uh, and never really, yeah, never, (laughs) never hurt anybody. Never even threw a shit at anyone. Um, I do I do have to say that the cross kill at the end with like the twins feeling the 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 same pain, I thought that was cool. Um but yeah, wouldn't she I, have wish seen- they,
0: I wish they would have explored that even more, you know? Especially during, uh, yeah, the, during the fight I, scenes.
4: Yeah, maybe foreshadowed that just a little bit better. Um but I don't I think she would have seen like a giant, you know, at least five foot cross. You know, up in the balcony beforehand. Um, (laughs) I'm not gonna, you know, nitpick too much here. Um, Like Mitterhouse getting his head taken off with the crossbow. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. I thought that was badass. Uh,
3: I screamed at the TV. That was awesome.
4: And when uh, when when uh, the strong man gets shot and his back gets blown out, that looks pretty cool. And then oh, then he gets a beat down yeah. with a fucking torch. I'm just like, damn, these village people ain't fucking around. They want the you know they want leg <laughs> gone. Um. Uh, another another interesting f- thing that I found out: uh, Albert, who is our hero in the beginning, had a daughter with uh, Anna, who is also uh, has gone to the dark side. Uh, Dora, Albert's daughter is played by Lynn Frederick, who was actually married to Peter Sellers, uh, when he died and she became very protective of his, uh, estate. She actually sued, um, the people who made like the legend of the pink Panther for like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, smearing. Smearing his, well,
0: uh, go ahead. Isn't that the one where they, I mean, it was after Peter Sellers died and they just recycled a ton of his footage in the movie.
4: Yeah. She, she, she lost She made a lawsuit, uh, for the makers of the trial of the pink panther or the trail, oh, okay. trail of the pink panther, uh, claiming that it insulted his memory. Um, and she even, she won, she won 1.4 million dollars. So Yeah. Yeah, for what that's worth. Um I guess I uh, you know I've covered what I want to cover. What did you guys what was your guys' take on this film?
1: I dug it. I love this, you know, 70s. Uh it's very grimy and feels sort of dirty and mm-hmm. uh, right away they sort of set the tone for it like you said with that performance and these characters are intriguing but also very mysterious and you know you can't trust them. And you never trust the circus anyways, because back in the day it was like, you know, the circus rolls through town is still very true. If the uh, circus or the, now it's probably more of the, um, what would you say? The carnival comes into town. You just, you know, it was always sort of like, don't go hang out with those people. Don't, uh, don't, don't spend time with them. Don't, you know, make friends with them because, they, they travel all the time and they're dirty and they're, they're not trustworthy.
4: Gypsies out to get your money, basically. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And, you know, but there's, I don't know, it's, a, it's like you said, it's sort of a classic tale of that, but it was pretty cool. Like, I, I don't have a real history with a poster. I didn't realize this was in Monster Squad. I can't pretend I knew about it, but, you know, it's it's certainly when I started you know looking up the movies and stuff and saw that poster I'm like oh this is this looks pretty rad in the 72 that could be cool and we got some movies from several generations so uh yeah I enjoyed it
3: Me too I liked it a lot I'll be honest this is probably my favorite of the three and uh the as soon as the hammer horror came up I got even more excited cuz I know it's such a blind spot for me um and not just because this new box set came out that I you know, can't decide if I should get it just to help help or not. But uh yeah, I, I I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Um it was it was very hammery. It was a vampire movie. Hammery. But, but also circusy, you know, it's a good title. It's a good titled movie. I I too loved the the crossbow death. Uh, it was freaking amazing and and uh, yeah, when that cross fell and impaled the dude, that was fucking badass and yeah i was pleasantly surprised i liked it good job mike uh andy gets credit
0: for this one
4: Uh, i i did suggest it mainly i mainly because uh i just (laughs) wanted to see what that poster was about i just i had to know and i just like it it fit the theme so yeah
0: yeah um it's interesting um, from my my perspective here, I feel like I've been on like a classic British films kick lately. For real, right? And that's another reason I kind of liked it. Yeah. And what's interesting is like, I've always, I've, I haven't seen a ton of hammer because yeah. m- my younger years, I always assumed, or I always thought the ones I had seen were just like all talky and boring. And I've never been a big, very big period piece fan, um so you know the whole gothic horror scene has always kind of eluded me um but just like with everything I've just been watching lately I'm just loving so much this is my first time with this movie and I I I like because again uh, even still today as I'm opening my mind up more to uh classic british um <laughs> horror um that they there are still some out there that yes, are kind of talking and boring and could drag and whatnot. Um, and I like how this movie I feel like is trying so hard to avoid that. Cause every time I feel like I'm starting to lull into this, um, into these like heavy conversation scenes, heavy dialogue scenes, they just slap me in the face with some, with some interesting visual, um, or some crazy vampire scene that, uh, Kind of snaps me back into the movie. It's awesome, and it starts right out of the gate. Like I, I'm sitting there, and I, I can't decide if I like if I was sitting there thinking, do I like the total um mystery of this opening scene, or is this just bad storytelling? Because <laughs> this woman takes this kid, and they go running off through the through the woods, and they end up at this castle, and the guy starts freaking out about them running into this castle. And I'm like, what is happening? What? <laughs> I, I don't even realize who he's yelling at. Right. Cause he, he just he keeps calling one of their names. And I'm like, is he screaming for the woman? Is he screaming for the child? I'm confused. Um, but I don't, but so I don't know if I like the mystery of that, of that scene that we then learn what's actually going on. Um, Cause it just starts right out of the gate. It's just like, boom, hammer films and then run through the woods. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm kind of lost, but uh, but you quickly figure out you do figure out what's going on. So I think it was a nice way to hook you straight into the story because that whole that whole opening scene, the flat, I guess you'd call it a flashback, maybe of like leading up to the main story of this, where they kill the 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 vampire that's controlling the town and him putting a curse on the town <clears throat> is all set up in the opening scene. And it's a cool scene when they go in and fight the vampire and he's just like killing them left and right, you know, until finally somebody gets a stake into him. Um, yeah, so all of that's great. And, um, it's a lot of fun. And another interesting perspective that I saw in this movie that, uh, at one point in the movie, you got, and i wish I could remember character names, but you got the, the son of the doctor, like so, this town is now quarantined because everybody's getting sick and dying. You uh, know from, how that is, <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> from the, so much so that they have gun um, guards with guns on the outside of town, and if you try to get out of town, they will shoot and kill you. Um, and they'll give you a warning, like you know, get back into town. But if you uh, if you don't listen to them, they will they will kill you. Um, so. Uh, and it's kind of the same way the other way. You can't get into the town either. Uh, so this doctor and his son um, go traipsing through the woods and the son creates a diversion so that the doctor dad can actually get out of the town. So then he's gone for a good chunk of the movie, the, the doctor dad. And so the son, then he's kind of, kind of trying to help out cause he knows some medical stuff too, I guess. Uh, but there's this big scene where they're talking and and all of the superstitious old kooks of the town are like so convinced that this is a curse and blah blah blah, and these circus people are all vampire monsters as well, and it's the kid who is no no, that's the superstition that's not it this isn't you know they're just normal people you know they've come to this town to try to entertain us during these dark times and and like he he is the non-believer just think about your horror history especially you know thinking about like movies from the six, uh, the 50s like say the blob or even movies uh, throughout the 80s where it's always the kids who believe and it's the adults that do not the authority figures who won't and i just th- found that was an interesting twist and juxtaposition from what we're normally used to uh, in, in a horror movie like that, that it's actually the kid who doesn't believe and is naysaying what everyone else believes to be true. With that said, also, when we get to the circus portion of the, um, of the film and we're seeing the, the, the performances. If these people are this superstitious and believe their town is cursed and there's vampires running around. When those two acrobats are flying through the air, turn into bats, then turn back into people, then turn into bats again, then turn back into people. <laughs> How are they all not screaming for the hills? Yeah, they just sit there and applaud. Like, cool oh, trick. this is a cool trick. No, you—they <laughs> would not think that at all. They would be like freaking the f out. Um, I I like the the uh, the mirror scene, the little hall of mirrors that they got going on. That was that Burgermeister. I'm so glad he was he got. Um, sucked into the mirror. I was so sick of him just <laughs> chuckling to himself at every mirror. Like I, I get it; it's a funny mirror. It's not that funny, dude. Calm down. Um, but they did some kind of some kind of cool. I thought uh, f- uh, shots and effects yeah. work with that mirror, considering there's pro there was probably absolutely no budget to do effects with that mirror because you get to that last mirror and you're kind of it's like projecting like your future death with at the hands of these vampires or whatever. And then they'll suck you into the mirror. But there's like a, there was one shot and I think it's when the two kids are looking in the mirror and it's kind of an over the shoulder shot on the kids. Um, Oh, it's a kind of a, it's kind of a weird angle. It's kind of a bad angle actually, because it's not framed very well to where you can't really see much of the mirror, but it, in the mirror beforehand, you see the you see um, two of the vampires kind of standing there looking back at the kids, and then it cuts to this weird shot where you just see the you kind of see one of the kids almost kind of over the shoulder, almost kind of profile, and you see just a little bit of the mirror in the background. Where you can still tell that one of those people are standing there, but all you're really seeing is like part of an arm or whatever. And then you see you see that figure in the mirror start to to go out of the frame. And then the next thing, you know, he's there next to the kid. I thought that was at first. I thought that's a really shitty shot. But at that, but then it's like, Oh, they did it for this effect to try to think, make you think that this guy actually came out of the mirror and it worked really well. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The, uh, and the whole time I'm trying to see if we can see Cooch in the one scene with the, only because like, you're not going to put makeup down there. So I think he, I think he was so you're distracted through her whole dance. Well, I was trying to figure out if she was truly naked or not. Right. Like, and I'm, I, I think what it was, I think they did a Linnea Quigley on her and just gave, gave her like the little cup thing um, to protect that area. Cause she obviously was naked everywhere else. You know, I was wondering th- through most of that dance routine that she was wearing a thong, but there's, there's nothing covering the butt talks. So spray um, painted a Merkin. And- it was a it was a yeah. It was a cool paint job, but then you could start seeing the paint come off as she's You're looking a little too close there, buddy. Wall walling around. Yeah, maybe. Um yeah, I like the twins thing. It kind of remind me of the 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 twins from G.I. Joe, the the Max uh, and Samont. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um but and the final scene was really cool. So I was just really invested in, in the majority of these characters on kind of both sides, to be honest. Um Even though I think some of the elders of this town were kind of pricks and kind of deserved what they had kind coming to yeah. them because they were very anti women <laughs> in a lot of it. Yeah. Um, You know, they were just really mean to women in certain parts in this movie. Uh So, but uh, yeah. Oh, and none of us has talked about the, the, the little clown guy. He was really cool. I liked his performance. a lot. Oh
4: yeah. I didn't seeing him get his head rammed into that like cart. I couldn't help but laugh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he just, I mean, just went full force. That little clown dude. I mean, just, just banged his head right into that cart. Like I said, these townspeople were pissed. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So Mike, I know you're watching all this, uh, Gothic horror lately. I uh, maybe you felt this too, but and no offense to Lawrence Payne, I think that's who played him, but the main dude. But like, I spent plenty of the movie being like, eh, kind of wish that was Christopher Lee, <laughs> or you know, like a pretended yeah. like it was sometimes. I mean, he was fine, but I'm like, man, that'd be so much better if that was Christopher
0: Lee, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if we continue with these films, we're going to uh, learn a lot more of these, these particular, cause a lot of these yeah, actors no, he looked are
3: actually really familiar yeah, too,
0: but a lot of these actors stuck with hammer or amicus and, uh, another, you know, a lot of, a lot of productions from that time period. Um, so yeah, if we keep going this route, we're going to start having favorites beyond Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, I think. um, uh, what's her name? Lala Ward as Helga. Um, this is for Brian. Uh, she was uh, Ramona on Doctor Who. So,
1: Oh. Boom! I'm sure half of these people were. All right. When a show is f- 500 seasons long, you know, everybody ends up in an episode. Yeah.
3: Even <laughs> Mike's been on episode.
1: Well, I would assume and now Brian's going to be
0: mad. I'm assuming that (laughs) she was the, I forget what they call it on doctor who, but the sidekick, because she was on doctor who for quite a while. cool. There's a name for that sidekick. Tardis. That's the, I know I'm just kidding. (laughs) Screwdriver. (laughs) Companion. Companion. Thank um, you. Anyway, uh, so I gained brownie points <laughs> with Brian, and then just lost them you all. You totally did. Damn it!
1: <laughs> You're get, we're getting a message either way, so right. <laughs> I know. I know this is all just to get him to uh-huh. send us
0: messages. <laughs> My phone's gonna blow up one day after
3: the after the last after the bug episode when he gave us full um, definitions <laughs> of what <laughs> all species are. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Miss you, buddy. Yeah, he's, right. he's
1: going to argue that the circus and theme parks and amusement parks are all three different things. And <laughs> right,
3: I, I was told this was an amusement park episode, and then he says carnival, and I'm like, what's going on? Anyway, all
0: right.
2: <laughs> so you feel used wouldn't. it all
0: three. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. So it counts. And you usually drive there in a the car, and you have to park it when you go to anyway Jason what's our next movie
3: the next movie Mike made us watch <laughs> is directed by Alejandro Jodorowsky Woo! and it's from 1989 called Santa Sangre <laughs>
1: says he killed a woman in America.
2: No, don't ask me to! I'm not asking you. I'm ordering my hands to kill her. Holy mountain and El Topo a new film by Alejandro Jodorowsky Santa Sangre. Yeah.
3: Santa Sangre is the surreal horror story about a young man, Phoenix played by Axel Jodorowsky. I I don't know the relation. Um, who has grown up in a circus with his mother, Concha and his philandering father. Phoenix witnesses a brutal fight between his mother and father at the end of which his mother loses both her arms, which was fucking awesome. And his father commits suicide. Phoenix spends years in an insane asylum before his mother persuades him to act as her hands in the bizarre nightclub act. Soon Concha is having Phoenix perform a variety of murders where he is killing every female in sight through the film. Though the film has some of the hallucinatory qualities of Joe earlier film, Santa Sangre does not quite have the same punch, particularly in the terms of cerebral and emotional impact, despite its fine visuals. It says anyway, yeah, this movie's
1: fucked. It's
3: it's It's shit,
1: man. Yeah, Yeah. it's very cool, but very fucked, and I like that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would. I mean, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Jason had me. Jason had me convinced you weren't gonna that you weren't gonna like. You started off with some words, but I'm glad. Well, no,
1: the thing with this, this is one that like Andy was sort of talking about with Vampire Circus. I've seen this poster. I've known all about this movie forever, Mm -hmm. and it's just one I've never actually hit play on. You know, it's like there's probably 25 films that I know like have good for this, you
3: and need to be watched.
1: But. Right. And this was one of them. And it's great that it got put on this episode because, Oh man, like I'm so like, I, I when I told you, I was just glad that Nikki didn't watch it with me. Like that, that's not a bad thing. That just means that I, I enjoyed it, but I know she would have really hated it. I mean, just beautiful, it's a beautiful movie. it's like a painting of the it's like mm-hmm. a painting yeah. of the the worst thing you never wanted to see, like a painting of a car wreck oh, and it's really well done and um I mean things that will stick with my mind for as long as I live like the the arm ripping scene and the the prostitute to get stabbed in the throat from behind, and then uh the elephant just disturbed me, like him just bleeding out of his trunk and yeah. Then they throw him off a fucking cliff and they rip him to pieces. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. The fuck. <laughs> um, who what I mean, who
4: decided that it was a good idea to uh coke up a bunch of mentally handicapped guys? Um, and then just, you know, here's five bucks, go, you know, hump this, you know, morbidly obese prostitute.
1: There's a lot but, of uh uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordanowski, Jordanowski, um family members in this movie looking at the IMDb yeah mm-hmm. both
0: of his sons play and you were wondering the relationship Jason it's one of his sons nice. both of his sons play the same character One kid you know, and the older yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and there's one there's uh, let's see Axel plays Phoenix there's Tio plays the pimp and then Aiden his son plays the young Phoenix Um. who knows? It just seems like, yeah, I see at least three in the, yeah, (laughs) the first billing. So I, I guess my, my only complaint is
4: that the backstory seemed a little bit too long for me. They could have condensed the film just a little bit better. You know, uh, I get the, I get that it's needed, but I mean, it it just, it's not the, it seemed like a little, a little too long. It is a two
3: hour and three minute movie.
4: Um, with, you know, uh, his dad or Kid Rock's drunk uncle or whoever that was.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just seemed a little bit drawn out. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. It was, it was about would- 40 minutes of backstory. I think it could have been, you know, 15 tops. I
0: agree with you. But at the same time, some of my favorite visuals of the whole movie comes from that, the whole backstory. I guess Absolutely. I do
3: yeah, yeah. I would describe the movie as dense. Like it would take a lot to unpack anywhere, let alone this podcast and I don't know if we'll really get into probably not. I don't think we could begin to explain the surreal nature and the what those things meant and the I mean it's there's a lot going on which is yeah. definitely and that's wonderful Jodorowsky about it, in yeah. general, yeah. This is not your first film of his. What other ones? No,
0: to be honest with you, uh, this is my only movie of his. I've seen plenty of stuff from his first film, El Topo, which I have a feeling would be my favorite if I saw it, just based on the stuff I've seen. You know, it looks more like a western, but you know, Mm -hmm. Jodorowsky style. Um, Never, I've seen clips and and have read about Holy Mountain. The thing is, is like, like a huge cult cult movie. Yeah, with Holy Mountain, it it looked it looks way more art um artsy and surrealism going on than straight narrative. So, and I may be way off base, but that's kind of one that's that's kind of the reason why that one I haven't made an effort to to watch. Um, even though I do want to see all of his movies, but at the same time, um, he's not overly commercially available in the states his his filmography is kind of hard to track down santa Sangre is his most accessible film here in the states
3: oh so. he's chilean i didn't even know that much so that's
1: great. yeah he was like a so he was actually a circus clown a mime puppeteer. and a puppeteer
0: yeah and there's a there's a documentary out there that i've been dying to see it came out a, a few years back called um, Jodorowsky's Dune,
1: because yeah. at one time he was oh, he oh, was right. supposed to make wow. Dune, yeah, which makes sense because I mean, th- then they went with David Lynch, and it's like I can see these guys uh, <laughs> put bridge. them, yeah, put them in a room, and no one would know what's happening.
0: <laughs> but the amazing amount of artists and 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 talent that Jodorowsky was was, you know, putting together for his version of Dune, it would have been incredible so i really 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 want to see the documentary really wish i want to travel to that parallel universe where he got to make his vision of dune
1: yeah this movie man like i yeah if i'm it would have i'd have to be in the mood to watch it again and i i probably will um it's not really like something i say man that was a blast to watch at all um (laughs) it was heavy and you yeah. have to, you have to sit down and turn off the phone and sit and watch it. Um, cause it pulls you in and the visuals alone. It's like yeah. every, every scene is like a, a painting. Like I said, yeah. it's just mm-hmm. beautiful and really well shot and, uh, captivating. You could, yeah. you could watch it on mute and still love it. That's what's cool about it. Like yeah. you don't even, you know, but that has a cool story too. But I mean, there's some really s- dark and sad moments. Um, not a lot yeah. of humor in here, but, um, oh. yeah, it's, it's not something you watch when you're feeling down cause it will definitely put you down more, but, uh, it's, I'm glad to fill in this blind spot and I recommend if you've never seen it, um, wait until you're in the mood for something dark and dreary and, oh. uh, beautiful too, but you know, don't just pop it in on a. Tuesday night while you're having some beers because you'll be <laughs> unpleasantly surprised. Like I guess you could say, and you can yeah, watch it free on two
0: Yeah,
1: it has a very odd way of uh
4: in of getting you invested. Like un- unbeknownst to you, you're just like, yeah. wow. I'm like I'm I'm like oddly I'm oddly drawn in. It's it it has a weird way of doing that. At least that's what I thought.
0: I um this movie came out at the perfect time for me because this was in 89 was the time where I was getting really experimental with, with my love of, of horror and, and probably film in general, actually, where I was going a lot more toward this is when I was really digging into films from, from other countries, uh, doing a lot more, you know, international stuff. Um, uh, and then obviously, you know, looking for the most, shocking and disturbing films throughout the globe was a big thing of mine at this time period so so this movie hit at the perfect time for me and i i really loved it first time i saw it i still have my vhs copy of it um i wish i had it on blu-ray but uh but it's been a long time since i've watched it um so it it definitely has a way different impact on me now than did way back then I, i i I have way more of the emotions, the feely feelings, going on this time around as opposed to when I was younger, and it was like shock and awe was just like,
1: yeah, cool, dude, awesome, extreme, you know. Yeah, now now it can put that like pit in your stomach. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, he he is he's one of those filmmakers. Now again, I'm just really basing this off of not seeing much of his filmography, but. He's one of those filmmakers that I feel like has a good grasp uh, of 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 a narrative, yet with a a you know painting like visual style where yeah, he's really painting his frame with some of the most interesting and or beautiful up
3: being experimental,
0: yeah, you know. Like- But still giving you a captivating narrative, you know, as a lot of times I see filmmakers who, um, who do uh, really beautiful, you know, scenery, you know, have really pay attention to every detail that's in front of that camera and is really expressing things. Uh, visually through the front of that camera and then totally forget like, oh yeah, it's a movie. I have to be able to tell a story at the same time too. Um, so I think Jodorowsky is, is one of those that uh, does a good job at both. I can really mix that together well.
1: Not. Well, not go ahead. Se- setting it at the circus, it's like the, even the murders are like performance pieces, like performance mm-hmm. art. Even yeah. as people are getting killed and it's not in front of you know an audience or something it's like even the death scenes are a performance for the audience which i thought was really sort of uh, beautiful and sad but
0: and you mentioned somebody mentioned that the movie doesn't have any humor um, so am i sick and twisted that i found the scenes with the female wrestler funny <laughs> you kept going after her maybe
4: that I'm sick and twisted or that it was funny.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> Damn, that's <not> an answer. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe a little both. <sighs> it a, there's definitely some door. definitely some black humor in there, I think, at times.
0: I, oh, I yeah. thought that those scenes with the with the wrestler yes. were definitely out more on the black humor
1: side of like things. Like when his dad kills himself in front of him, that's so funny. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> when the effects work, oh. that's cool too. That
0: next slice was like Jesus, punch in the face. Oh, fuck. And there's the um, sulfuric, sulfuric acid. Oh, yeah, the acid to the crotch. Well, going to yeah. say, the, yeah,
4: the sulfuric acid to the to his junk, which is probably the reason why he committed suicide.
2: Oh,
3: for sure. Yeah, what version did we watch? What do you mean? Because there was a rated and an NC-17.
0: Oh, man, I don't know, honestly. It's been so long since I've watched the VHS, and the VHS, I believe, was NC-17. I'll have to go back and look. Um, so, but I would be able to tell you the differences.
1: I sought out the NC-17 cut and uh, I'd never seen the R cut, so I couldn't really tell you much, but I looked into it a little bit to see the difference. And I guess um, just extended um, visuals when the, like when the prostitute's murdered and then he is stabbing her from behind and she's turning and, you know, he's stabbing her in the back and then stabs her through her neck th- from behind. And I don't know I guess in the R-rated version, it doesn't show the knife, like penetrate out the front of her neck and then some blood splatter spray. And there's a few other murders that go on a few seconds longer. I think maybe the the suicide, you know, the throat slashing is a little bit longer. Let's see.
3: That might have been what we saw then
1: uh the first scene being the dismemberment of the mother in the nc-17 version there are extra cuts of blood and gore spraying Mm -hmm. on the walls and also see a few extra shots of blood spurting out of the father's neck shortly after he commits suicide the other scene is even more noticeable the death of the prostitute is much more explicit in the nc-17 version we see many shots of her being graphically stabbed in the back and chest with loads of blood literally dumping out of her wounds then we briefly see the knife stab through the back of her neck and poke out the front all in one explicit shot. Practically the entire scene is missing in the R-rated version.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Some other moments that I thought were just captivating as I'll get out is the scenes where he, a lot of those scenes where he is his mother's arms. Oh, uh, yeah. The choreography of that was freaking Oh, the dude amazing. was great
3: because he would literally be
0: playing two scenes, two characters at the same time. Yeah. It was pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. I just, I can't even fathom right. the rehearsal process of, of those scenes because there's moments where I'm kind of forgetting that he's her arms. Yeah. Yeah. For real. So that is, that stuff was amazing. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So Santa Sangre, I'm, i you had me nervous going into this, <laughs> Jason. Our conversation before we reco- started recording—that's good. Um, the, you the, shouldn't talk without intense. recording
1: it, guys. Come on. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. Uh, we just got to learn just to pass like, them in have, the hole and be like, mm-hmm. exactly, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But I feel, I feel much, I feel much better now that it was a good pick for the show. So. Yeah. Good. All right. So, Tad, what's our next movie?
1: Our third and final movie is the 2018 movie Hellfest.
2: Are you ready to enter the
1: depths of hell? Nat? God, you're here? What? It's Halloween. I got us VIP passes to help us. What is that? It's a traveling horror night, has horror mazes in it. Oh!
5: <laughs> we will totally lose it in there. Yes! Help us! It's gonna
1: be fun, right?
4: <laughs> Why are we signing a waiver?
1: Nobody knows what's gonna happen in there.
2: A couple years ago, some girl got totally
1: gutted. Killer left her body in the park for three days. They thought she was a freaking prop. Some people are just evil they walk amongst
2: Woo! you think you're scared me no move
0: Look, the more scared you seem the more they're going to come after you you have to just play it cool help
4: me
5: please help me you <laughs> no. can just do it
4: Insane, right?
2: Yeah, Fuck real.
4: <laughs> the same guy's been following us the entire oh. night.
0: You take your job too seriously.
4: Here to be scared, right? I can't arrest people for doing their job.
1: Welcome to Hellfest.
4: Hello. Hey, can you let me out of here?
1: All right, Hellfest was released in September 2018 read the quick synopsis a masked serial killer turns a horror themed amusement park into his own personal playground terrorizing a group of friends while the rest of the patrons believe that it is all part of the show obviously this director Gregory Plotkin um and the writers Seth Sherwood Blair Butler there's four or six six writers on this um had Probably attended Halloween Horror Nights a time or 10. You might think so. <laughs> um, this movie is probably the opposite of Santa Sangre because uh, it is very simple. There is really not a whole lot to talk s- plot wise. Um, <laughs> this group of teenagers get together to go to a th- a horror themed amusement park, which is pretty much modeled straight off of Halloween Horror Nights. Um, they call it Hellfest. They obviously stretch that a little bit um, to fit the narrative of a movie because they have some let you know lore going into it and towards the um, end of the night they end up signing these waivers and going on to a more scary part of it which is not something you could do at Horror Nights but you can do at other haunts in the US. So it's sort of somewhere between horror nights and those extreme haunts where they like gag you and blindfold you and all this stuff. But basically it's this group of teenage friends. Um, they go out, they're sort of divided into couples. There's the, the survivor girl that we, um, you know, the virgin, the quiet girl, she gets paired up with the nice guy at the beginning of the movie. The friends are trying to hook them up. um, They start falling for each other over the course of the night and he decides he's going to go try to get her um, like a stuffed animal prize from one of the carnival games and the carny won't give it to him. So he decides to sneak in the back and he's going to steal one. Well, this masked man is following them all night and the girl is getting scared and all of her friends think she's crazy because they're at a um, amusement park. Of course, there's a guy in a mask following them around as part of the show, right? So, Um, we've seen this story before a million times, but um, the guy who he sneaks in the back to try to steal it, he gets murdered. Now we know the audience knows that this guy is for real. While we watch the group of teenagers still think that is part of the show. And he keeps, you know, getting them into situations until towards the end where he goes completely open with it and starts stabbing people in the middle of the park. And it's still hard to tell who's who, because there's several people wearing masks and, Um, This is the exact reason that Horror Nights will not allow you to wear any kind of um, costume or theming into the park during Horror Nights because of something like this happening. They want to make sure everybody (laughs) knows who is working and who is um, an attendee. But, you know, you got to stretch some of these rules and stuff to make a movie. And um, Jason Blum has said several times he would like to make a Horror Nights movie based on it. But this is sort of, the closest we've got right now. Oh yeah. Um I really like this. I'm probably pretty biased and I feel like Mike chose this one for me for a reason. Um I can I like I said I'm biased because it reminds me of, of Horror Nights and I love Horror Nights, so um I just hold it close to my heart because of that. I watched it when it came out and it did not do well at the box office. It flopped hard. Um they had a huge marketing campaign for this trailers on every channel Uh, billboards it was everywhere they pushed it everywhere i think uh gail heard i'm trying to remember her name but she was like the showrunner on walking dead at the time you know and she was behind this movie and it was you know they put a lot behind it pushing it out there and then no one went and saw it i don't know why it looked really cool in the trailers um it's your typical teenage fair. It's not deep at all. It's the, like I said, the polar opposite of the last movie we talked about. Um, there's no symbolism here. There's nothing that you're missing. There's no, um, it's visually just another horror movie, but I, I dig it. It is not well liked in the horror community. It gets not, it doesn't get a whole lot of love, but um, even the things like Tony Todd's show up on the stage is something that is very reminiscent. They do a stage show every year at horror nights that is just like this. Um, like I said, so the writers clearly have been the horror nights and were inspired by it. Um, the director Gregory plotkin, he's this movie Hellfest and paranormal activity, the ghost dimension, which I don't know which one that is. Like, is that the f- seventh one? I don't know, <laughs> but, um, Those are the only two movies he's directed. He hasn't directed anything since this, um, but he has edited a hell of a lot of great movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, He edited Happy Death Day, Game Night, um, his own movies, Hellfest. He did um, all the Paranormal Activity movies after the first. He did... Get Out. Get Out, yeah. Um, This guy has a huge resume for editing and um just being an editorial department for World War Z and a lot of stuff. So this guy, you know, he knows his stuff. Um sort of a bummer that this movie didn't do better because I feel like it wasn't his fault that it flopped. It I, I enjoy it. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. I
4: I dug it. Um I think um some of some of the kills were a little generic, but I mean I guess they don't have to be like really uh super detailed, um, because I mean, he's just using what he can't get his hands on in, in the park. Um, but I mean, it's, I love, I love the concept because, you know, the people that he's stalking cannot tell, you know, the difference of what's real and, and what isn't. Um, I will say that The moment that the character of Taylor starts talking, I want to run her head through a fucking table saw because I think she's the most annoying character I've ever seen in my life.
5: Tina Williams,
4: Tina Williams from Halloween Five is now safe. She is safe. Oh because I think Taylor in this movie is the most annoying person like ever. She's the I, one with the sh-
1: with the short purple hair. Is that the yes. one? Yeah. Then, yes. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. And they have they sort of feel like they have to put that character in every movie now. Like the teen, they're they're clearly going for an audience that's a little younger than us, probably high schoolers. You know, to call it the early college age is what they're aiming for. And there's always every group of girls is like, we have that one crazy friend who says things she shouldn't. And she gets a little too drunk and mouths off to the wrong people. And, you know, they, they sort of have to give you someone to root for to die, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I I felt like that was her.
4: Holy shit. That's her in spades. Yeah. I think maybe.
0: Yes. If if we were younger, maybe we would appreciate that character more, but yeah, I, I couldn't stand her either. I I think my, my problem is, is like, I, I know somebody that she, that is just like that. Like, like she totally reminds me of this particular person and I can't stand that
1: person. Well, I'll say like every time it used to not so much at horror nights now because um, we sort of pick and choose who goes with us, but you're surrounded by people and there is always, no matter what house you're going through and what line you're in, there's always this person in every line who's going through and they have to prove whether it's a guy or girl that they're tough and nothing scares them and they're drunk and loud and make sure everybody sees them and hears them. And it's like, we fucking get it. Like, uh, just enjoy things. Just walk through and, and have fun. Like, stop trying to prove to everybody that you're, you're so much tougher. You know, I just, she's that character. That How
4: tough are you when an angry mob wants to beat the shit out of you because you don't want to shut up.
3: (laughs) I didn't mind her on the scream TV series.
1: Right, yeah, she plays sort of they're the they're same dead. character, but um, she was on Arrow,
4: yeah, and she wasn't bad
1: in that, oh, but in this, sin. holy
4: sin. shit, Sin. I,
3: don't I will say this: I, I
1: so, sort of wish Haunt would have gotten the promotion in the, the, yeah, the theatrical yeah. release yeah. that this did. Yeah, um, I felt like this this movie's flop actually probably hurt Haunt, Haunt yeah. because they probably were writing they. they Probably had that written before Hellfest. They probably oh, were yeah, it at the same time. And then this comes out, and if it would have done well, the Haunt probably would have got a huge push and gone you um, know, wide theatrical, and it would have been a big deal. I imagine the studio saw this and was like, they uh, got cold feet. And, and backed I'm pretty out.
3: sure that is what happened. Oh, it has yeah, to be I, a I thousand percent. Exactly. They got yeah. cold feet and. That's why I went kind of straight to video, and yep.
1: and you know I don't want to just compare the two because I like I know, both of them, and they have differences. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely more theme park horror related. Oh, that one's more haunted house. It's
3: oh, the atmosphere is amazing, and it feels mm-hmm. like October, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: it every, feels good. Every 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 inch of the frame in this movie just makes me want to be there it's Fuck so yeah, the, the environment fun that's fun. why i love movies like this even though this is a pretty you know generic slasher at the end of the day um i don't care because just the the aesthetic and the the environment is so cool so much yeah fun.
1: It, it actually makes me it takes me back to the like late nineties when scream had gave that resurgence of like pretty faces and fun slashers, you know, it makes, it feels like it could fit in there with, you know, I know what you did last summer and that whole, that whole period of horror, it feels like that because it's all the pretty faces, but, um, it still has a meanness to it. It still has some good kills to it. It still has scary moments to it, you know, and as someone who attends these things regularly, you know, I I don't go because it's scary. I go for the atmosphere, but this this stuff's always in the back of your mind. Like, you know, there's still humans working at these places, and nothing stopping them from turning. You know? Yeah, yeah.
4: And yeah. and it's
1: I haven't addressed the ending. Um, Sorry, I was didn't mean to interrupt. No, um, no it's okay. The endings. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was sort of like, "Am I supposed to get who this guy is?" But I sort of feel like maybe they just meant it like this is an everyday guy who does this and then goes home to his family. Like they, he, he, the killer we see from the perspective from behind, he goes home, he hangs up his mask in this sort of shrine. He has of several things like different masks and stuff. And then he walks in the living room. We think he's going to kill this girl. And she jumps up and is like, daddy, you're home and gives him a hug. And I think it's supposed to give you the feeling like this guy can just walk amongst us and be there any time. Yeah, I mean, you you
4: pay to walk amongst amongst the monsters, yet still feel safe. But every day you walk amongst monsters who are around you all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, a little off subject, and I feel like I gotta say this: I think the character of Gavin is the biggest pussy in hey. the history of horror, and I think that's covering <laughs> oh. a lot of ground. Come on. I mean, he's a sweetheart.
1: Don't get me wrong, but he's probably the biggest damn wimp I've ever seen in a horror movie. I is just is he the the sort the of boy. the boy that goes off and tries to get the yeah the stuffed, stuffed bear animal? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, I I sympathize <laughs> with characters like that. He's he's the nice guy. He's uh you know the dude that's usually friend zoned. So uh, well, even I even the or, nice guy is actually actually may have put up a little bit of
4: a fight i mean he didn't i mean he might as well have just hit the guy with a with the little doll he was trying to steal that's about that's about how soft he was but But we did get tony todd
1: which is cool right oh yeah yeah,
4: absolutely i'm not i'm not ragging on the movie i actually like the movie it's just like i i'm just i'm just nitpicking
1: no that's that's good like I agree and it's definitely, like I said, I feel like it's definitely made for a younger crowd. It definitely has that feeling like we can't really relate to these characters, but, um, I'm sure, you know, the next generation down probably is like, Oh, that's just like my friend, this or my friend that, you know, and this guy is like my friend here and there. And, you know, it's sort of, I think it's cool just because we see even some of these, newer horror movies set they're set in the old time so like this is set in modern times. so they have cell phones they have they can go to security they can find ways out but they keep going to security and they don't believe them and she's and they they think she's crazy you know throughout the, t- the whole movie because she they're like making fun of her for thinking you know that this guy's actually following them and she's paranoid and stuff and that's sort of cool like you know it's it's almost tough to make a horror movie in modern times because it's like you can just call the cops or get yeah. help out. You know it's Everybody's it's so connected.
0: Well, right. I, it, I think one of the benefits of this type of movie in this environment is that you the the killer has a so much more of an element of surprise. I think you know you talk about the one guy being a wimp. I, I think like part of it like by the by the time he really, I think, was grasping the reality of the situation, he was already halfway dead. Uh, cause you just, it's like we talked <laughs> about before, these are people, these are humans that are doing this job that could literally snap at any minute, but we're not expecting it to be. We, we are in that environment thinking that this is all pretend and they are in at a particular hunt that they, the, the people in the hunt can, are allowed to touch you and stuff. So like, I mean, he talked shit for a minute there for a while. And that where was, where know, the uh, where where the yeah. line you know where yeah. the line has finally gone too far. It's it's probably almost too late. So uh, you know, it's not like when you're in the woods and there's some guy with a hockey mask standing there in front of you. You know, it's probably not going to be a good thing. But if you're at a haunted <laughs> attraction and there's a guy with a mask standing in front of you, your you know, guard's down. Yeah, your guard exactly, exactly. Yeah, so fair enough. So getting, getting, getting killed and stabbed is going to, you know, get, getting to your phone or what have you, it, your reaction time is going to be a lot, you know, uh, be a lot slower, I, I would think. So I think that's one of the cool things about putting movies in this type of environment. I, I, um, I,
4: and- I, I particularly enjoyed the uh, tip of the cap to uh, Fulci, I guess, with the uh, syringe to the eyeball as yeah, well <laughs> it was very fulci yeah
1: yeah i think if people watch this and they haven't been to like something like horror nights or fright fest or any of that stuff like they'd probably think you know the unrealistic part would be like when they're walking through the park and there's actors all over but that's like actually what it's like in the scare zone so to me like i, I i'm constantly in the comparison like comparing it to the real events in my head. And I'm like, Oh, the only part that is unbelievable is when they, they sign the waivers at the end and go on that ride. But, um, there are haunts like that. They just don't combine the two, you know?
3: Yeah, I guess I, I I watched this movie not too long ago and, and, uh, so I remembered it pretty well, but then I, I definitely wanted to watch it again to make sure that I wasn't confusing it with haunt, you know, some of the things and blasphemy and well, I just, you know, It kind of runs together, but I also, I, I I didn't, I didn't, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of good things about this movie. Like I said, that it's beautiful. It's the atmosphere is amazing. The killer is creepy as shit, but, and I, you know, I'm trying my hardest not to compare it with haunt, but. Haunt is far, I
0: love this movie, but haunt is far superior.
3: I, and, and I, I feel like I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm saying this because of haunt, but. If we're nitpicking, somebody said that word earlier, but the thing that, like, it's totally cool that it's probably the most simple plot that any movie's ever had ever. Cause it's as simple as could be, but like, so where I guess, and, and this is the sap in me too, is where you lose me in this movie is like, and I'm sorry for spoilers, but you know, the first guy who gets it, this big wimp guy, like story wise, all this movie has to offer me story? the end is the guy gets the girl or the girl gets the guy or whatever. And like, if that isn't where, you know, that that's all there is to possibly come out of this story line. And instantly the guy is the first one to go. So on one hand, you're like, oh shit! All gloves are off. Um, That is not going to be how. That's not going to be any part of this story. But it also was very bumming to me too that they killed the love interest first, and then that wasn't going to be part of this movie. So, so therefore, there was no story other than you had to live. And so I'm just nitpicking. You know, it's like it's 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 very cool that it's so simple. But
0: if you're yeah. gonna, you know, like. Uh, part of me wishes there was a little more so I see what you're saying and you're not wrong um well it's your opinions so of course you're yeah. not wrong but <laughs> uh,
3: surviving you but, know but
0: well yeah but I I appreciate this movie for its simplicity and its story because sure. I feel like especially in modern horror movie, movies get bogged down with backstory on all these characters and trying to really develop characters when sometimes I just miss the days of a bunch of uh, generic teens go in the woods and get killed off by a guy in a mask. And that's this. And that's what this is. And I, that's one of the things I appreciate about this film is that, you know, because there's moments where I'm kind of waiting for it. I'm like, okay, they're going to tell us why she went away and, and all the trauma in her life or whatever,
1: you know, and they never or even, or even the ending, like when, you know, he goes home, you think there's going to be more to it. Like they're going to explain who he is or there's some reason, like he's related to them somehow, or he was in the group or something. But yeah, I sort of, some, something I adore about it actually is that. Oh, like I love exactly. the ending. It, yeah. It's so yeah. easily digestible. This is such a palate cleanser for Santa's Sangre, And I'm glad I watched it like <laughs> yeah, you're in right. that you're order, right. uh-huh. you know, yep. it's like I can turn off my brain and not. Not feel any emotions other than like a quick jump scare. And, you know, it's just, it's like junk food. It's like candy. I just love it. Like sometimes yeah. it's okay to just have an hour and a half of dumb kids um, getting chased by someone with a knife. That's all it is. Yeah. And, yeah. And
0: again, I, I'm 100% with you. Sometimes, you know, and especially because I feel like, again, today's horror films try so much harder now to develop their characters.
3: But I remember feeling actually disappointed at the end that the killer was giving given nothing. We were given nothing on the dude, and like that to me was disappointing. I mean,
1: nothing. But yeah, we don't even, don't even see his face. Nothing. Yeah.
3: I mean, there was zero motivation. There was zero story to him. You didn't get to. There was no reasoning at all. But the ending, I I that's what I, ending was perfect to me. They gave him a little, you know, that was an amazing way to clean it up at the end, I guess. I really liked Yeah, the I mean,
4: yeah, don't, I, I think if they would have revealed too much about him, I think I would have been more uh, disappointed. I think this adds to his mystique, especially that he's a family man. It and that just makes it even that makes yep. it even worse for
3: me. It's just like, Oh God, geez. Yeah, Giving a story to him would have made it more screaming. I know what you did last summer. And
1: this, but you know, that different. when they made this and pushed it that hard, that they were like, we're going to have a franchise on our hands and yeah. we can do uh, a yeah. sequel and explain him and everything. And he was going to, they, they probably wanted to make him like the next, you know, Freddie or Jason. And he was going to be this thing. And then it flopped hard. And I remember, like I said, when this came out, it, there was trailers on every channel, and it was you couldn't avoid it. And then it had its opening weekend, and then it just disappeared. It left theaters so quick. I didn't even get to see it in theaters because it left so quick. It came out like when we were in Orlando for Horror Nights. We were there for five days, and by the time we flew back, it was already out of our theater.
3: Damn. And it was supposed to do the opposite. It was supposed to ramp up the world to get them ready for Haunt, and it was going <laughs> to help
1: Haunt. Do
3: even better, and I did the opposite.
0: Yeah, that's (sighs) uh, to be honest. On you know, on a personal note, that's the one thing (laughs) I dislike about this movie is that it stole all of all everything away from Haunt because Haunt is so good. I don't care what you say,
1: but I I will say that's more so on the audience because it's not like this movie didn't deserve a better that's audience, true. you know?
0: Oh, that's true too. I mean, this movie definitely has its place and it's fun. Horror,
1: it's good. Horror fans should have gotten out and seen it and supported it at the theater. Go see horror. I mean, it's rated R. It wasn't even like a PG 13, you know, yeah. like they could have easily watered it down and they're probably looking back and wishing they had, but sadly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's our fault, people. It's all our fault. And it's
2: true.
0: Yeah. Horror fans. Come on. Let's unite. Support our favorite genre. Damn it.
2: Well, that's yeah,
0: it's the only way we can make a difference, (laughs) right? Is with our wallet. Exactly. That's the you know, it's the best way to vote. True. So that concludes our topic for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. But fear not, there's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. Next up is segments time, but before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break, so we can go peeing whatever um, <laughs> and then you guys can hear about our podcast network, the prescribed films podcast network and with with the ever growing collection of amazing shows covered on covering various topics on the prescribed <clears throat> films podcast network, it's totally the site for you guys so check oh. it out check out all the shows at the pfpn.com especially that new
3: one we luckily acquired oh like yeah we had, an, we had to hire an extra lawyer just to get this new show we got oh man yeah it's called first time podcast you should check it out first time podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah we'll be right back It's segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Starting us off is Jason with shout outs.
3: It's time for shout
2: outs! Shout outs! shout outs.
3: shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Yo, yo. So we asked, what's your favorite amusement park themed horror movie? Or carnival, apparently. I guess they're the same thing. And we had some responses over in our group edition on Facebook.
0: We got Brian Clark. He's already commenting and he hasn't even heard the episode yet. Uh, Oh, wait. No, he's probably not going to be talking about what we were talking about before. He says, Toby Hooper's the fun house. Yeah. Pretty good. That was on the map.
3: That was on the master list. Nice. Over on our Facebook page, we got Chris Anderson says fun house. Yeah. Donna Nelly says sleigh bells was a fun, cheesy creature feature. Talon falls has its moments more often than not. And was quite chilling when it was on as an example of how not to do it. Jaws 3d, although I do admit a guilty pleasure with it because of sharks. I have more to say, but I'll use it on Instagram to give that account. Some more buzz.
0: Awesome, thanks,
3: Tom. Yeah, we got Ted. Good, apparently, was initially not okay with the movies we had to watch, so he chimed in. <laughs> he says, "Haunt, yeah. good choice." He says, "The Fun House, something
0: wicked this way comes." Carnival of Souls. So I I do want to defend the choice of picking um, How Fast Over Haunt. I would I would yeah I would rather have watched Haunt. Just because I love haunt, yeah. I mean, Hellfest is good, but but haunt is a single I, I a single location haunt. It's not part of a bigger, you know, amusement park or carnival type of environment. So that that was no. My it's decision. it's better for that.
3: Uh, Brian does chime back <laughs> in and says, "You do know you're actually on the show, right?" <laughs> <laughs> And then Marcus Rude says, the fun house has to be one of the pinnacles, but haunt is very good. Yeah. Is that Marcus Rude of the Rude podcast? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, next we got Andrew Wassum. <laughs> Heard of this guy. He said, <laughs> do I need uh, to
0: start getting on there and leaving comments? Yes.
3: If there's more. Yeah. I guess we didn't do a, uh honorable mentions. So this is your chance to, so. yeah, uh andy this crazy cat says ghoulies too
0: yes god damn it we should have watched and the
3: one that i thought was Hmm. gonna be one we watched funhouse massacre
0: didn't we do that not too long ago though we We did did. we did So that's why i left it off
3: and carnival the tv show i heard that was amazing i never did watch it
0: it was good brandy would have loved it if i picked that because she loves that show yeah
3: up next we got Tim Lennerer. He says Escape from Tomorrow is a horror movie that was filmed at Disney theme parks without permission of the Walt Disney Entertainment Corporation. It's honestly nothing without its gimmick, but it's a fantastic gimmick. Apparently the House of Mouse decided to decided that suing the filmmakers would provide tens of millions of dollars of free publicity whereas ignoring it completely would also sidestep the strice and effect. If you've never heard of it before, the strategy worked. <laughs> I saw that sucker in the theater. Nice. Because Captain Telstar keeps his ear to the ground for high cinematic <laughs> weirdness.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, like I mentioned it towards the top. Of I the, need to earlier. watch it. I know. Yeah, I know. I've, I've always wanted to watch it. And for the longest time, it was on Netflix. So shame on me for not actually watching it when I could have. Yep.
3: Up next, we got James M. Hedrick says, and he just showed a picture of the DVD. He says, The dash, the Death of Ocean View Park. I don't know that one. You don't. Oh. No. But you know all of them. And then lastly on Facebook, we got Sadie Emerson. And it's a good one. She says, Some scenes in Zombieland.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. The ending uh, scene is amazing in the amusement park and. They get stuck on the Ferris wheel with all the zombies at the bottom. My favorite moment in that is when they are in the, um, one of those, one of the booths where the games are at and they have all the stuffed animals around and they're just surrounded by zombies. It's cool. All
3: right. And then we had nothing on Twitter and then we'll get over to Don and Nelly's comment on Instagram. He says, as promised on the Facebook post, the rest of my thoughts. I don't really care too much for Funhouse. It's merely average at best and proof of the hit and miss quality of Hooper's catalog. That's, that's, he's not that wrong on that. It's just, well, I know. Fun, you and, could
0: probably say that Funhouse falls into the well of generic slashers from the 80s especially when you learn that it is directed by toby hooper so you're expecting a little bit higher quality um work but i don't care it's still great and i would be curious to know if because i agree out of all of the classic directors toby hooper's got the i think i always felt like he's got the much more diverse hit and misses on his catalog it's true so i'd be curious to know what he thinks are the hits and what which other ones are the misses
3: well don listens so I'm sure he'll let us know <laughs> he does say more here he says funhouse massacre is far better yeah with better energy and kills and a far crazier pace that makes up for the plotting funhouse however the greatest one is undoubtedly carousel. hell
0: that that's recently a magical
3: romp about a sentient carousel unicorn who gets fed up with the treatment bestowed upon it by snotty kids and sets out to kill them.
0: You should have watched that. That sounds amazing. Awesome.
3: A sequel to it is, uh, on the, in the fun crowdfunding route as, uh, as he types this, but might be too late by the episode air date, unfortunately to contribute, but Karis hell. That sounds pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, it does. I need
3: to find that. Hey, and that's uh, what we have for shout-outs today. Don't forget that you can always give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. And leave us a comment and we'll play it on the show. And that is shout-outs. But just wait a second. There's one more ring in this three-ring circus. We got a, We got another guy. We have another celebrity visit. I just uh Mike, you're gonna be pretty excited about this one. Okay. Let's uh, here let's play the let's play the in- intro.
5: Okay. Yeah <laughs> for it is I, Skeletor, coming down from Snake Mountain to address all of you, my attackers. <laughs> I have taken time off of trying to conquer Eternia and Castle Grayskull to address my minions. Tad E faces, <laughs> insane Mike-It-Arms, and Jason bolin jaw because his well sounds like he's from attorney anyway. Um, now m- many of you might think I'm not horror, but you know, well, I'm a talking skull for Christ's sake. What more do you want? <laughs> My best friends are fish, and the other one's a goddamn sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this shit. (laughs) I don't like being nice. I like being evil. Like the time I saw Fisto do that thing with Evil Lynn at Beastman's Bachelor Party. Ah, Christ. I don't need this. Here's Insane Mike's Picks.
0: Thank you, Skeletor. I, think I told you it was going to be a good one. That was awesome. That was epic. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, he's still here. Okay. Okay. In <laughs> um, Saints Pick for this episode, the 1971 film, The Beast of the Yellow Knight, directed by Eddie Romero. And I, I think this is probably my first Eddie Romero, Eddie Romero film that I've done on Saints Pick's. May have to check that out. I'm um, not sure. But who is Eddie Romero? No, he's not George Romero's cousin. Aww. Although the fact that his last name is Romero does earn him a shit ton of brownie points in my book. So, Eddie Romero is a Filipino film director, uh, film producer, and screenwriter who directed 65 films with most of his content from the 50s through the 70s. <clears throat> He has worked in all kinds of genres but is probably most commonly known for his horror films with such awesome films as the Blood Island trilogy which is comprised of Mad Doctor of Blood Island, Beast of Blood and Brides of Blood. The Beast of the Yellow Night is a film that stars John Ashley who went on to have an actually a really uh interesting career as a producer. He uh, he one of his credits is that he was the producer of the a team television show and even did the opening narration during the um, opening credit sequence. Uh, he was a Filipino, um, regular film regular, uh, with such films in his credits as twilight people, beyond Atlantis, beast of blood, savage sisters, and the blood Island trilogy. Uh, And the film also, uh, has Mary Wilcox who went on to be on SCTV. um, uh, so apparently, she fled the Philippines and went straight to Canada. Uh, so, the film, it all begins uh, towards the end of World War II in the Philippines. Um, our Lord and Master, Portly Satan, played by Vic Diaz, saves a murderer named Joseph Langdon, played by uh, John Ashley, uh, saves him from certain death. And he makes a deal with the devil that he becomes a discipline of Satan. Um, which was my band name in high school <laughs> over the years. Uh, Langdon inhabits bodies of various people, uh, bringing out the evil inside them and carrying out the devil's evil deeds. This goes on over the next 25 years or so until the inhabit, until he inhabits the body of Philip Rogers uh, taking over as, as Philip Langdon tries to break free from the devil's will However, the more he tries, he starts having tummy aches and turns into a hairy, paper-mache-faced, werewolf-type, murderous beast and kills several people in some awesome, messy, gory glory. Uh, Try saying that ten times fast. Uh, His wife, Julia, played by Mary Wilcox, tries to comfort him during the day, uh, as does his brother, Earl. And eventually, he ends up meeting a blind former bandit named Nan. And through the teachings of Nan, he starts to find the strength to fight back against the devil. Inspector DeSantos figures out that Rogers is Langdon and takes him into custody, putting him under house arrest. Rogers gets busy with his wife and then ends up changing again and escapes. Langdon, Philip, whoever, finds Nan and they try to leave the city. The police catches up with them, and he changes again, battling against the combined forces of the police and the military. Poor Nan is shot, and na nananana nan. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Goodbye, Nan, crying over his spilt milk. That is Nan. He uh, he is shot by Lieutenant Campos, and dies, and reverts back to his true age and form again. And his soul is now free. This movie's. Insane, crazy, and I actually had to look up uh, the plot uh, (laughs) to figure it out. Been there. (laughs) It is all over the place. And the interesting thing is the version that I saw had the title card of American Werewolf in the Philippines. So at some point, this movie was renamed that. Considering the fact that this movie was made in 1971 and American Werewolf London was like, what, 1982. Um, and the fact that like really has nothing to do with werewolves. Uh, this, this film, um, was one of the first films made for Roger Corman's new world pictures distribution company. Um, the poster is probably, uh, more famous in the, uh, normie world as being the poster, uh, for this is seen on Garth's bedroom wall in Wayne's world. Uh, so this movie, it's crazy and, and nutty, and like the, the effects are, are very amateurish, and that's what the, what's so great about the movie. Uh, it definitely has some of the old uh, Blood Island trilogy vibe. And I had read somewhere at one point, too, that this movie and another movie gets lumped into the trilogy, even though that would make it five films. So would that be a fiveology? Uh, but I don't see the connection considering that all of the blood Island movies deal with like, you know, mad scientists and it all takes place on an Island where this just takes place in the Philippines and it's a supernatural story. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to follow. It's an insane plot, but it's a lot of fun. I love Filipino, um, horror films, I uh, like the Blood Island movies. Lady Terminator is another favorite of mine. Um that so, movie's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I would highly recommend checking it out. If you like cheapness, cheesiness, and um, zany, crazy storyline and plots coming from the minds of the Filipinos, I would definitely check out 1971's The Beast of the Yellow Knight, a.k.a. American Werewolf in the Philippines nice yeah you should watch it jason okay you're not gonna watch no it no way unless there's a the riff tracks then i would so that's it for this episode of attack of the killer podcast i want to thank everybody out there for listening and supporting the show now, if you want to support the show even more become an attacker where by going to join the attackers.com that's how you do it good answer <laughs> thanks So everybody have a good night. Thanks again for listening. And we will talk to you on the next episode of Mm -hmm. attack of the killer podcast. Bye.
3: Oh no. Could this be the end of. Attack
1: of the killer podcast.
3: Oh my gosh, that was a good episode. Am I right, guys? <laughs> mm. I know I know what you're That's thinking. pretty good. You want to help support the show? You're like, how can I become an official attacker? How can I be part of this special community? Well, it's easy. You just go to jointheattackers.com, sign up, and boom, with your boomstick. You are part of the greatest
2: horror community in the world. Jointheattackers.com and become an attacker today.